Our first reading today is from Ezekiel, chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set forth an allegory and tell it to the Israelites as a parable. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, a great eagle with powerful wings, long feathers and full plumage of varied colours came to Lebanon. Taking hold of the top of a cedar, he broke off its topmost shoot and carried it away to a land of merchants, where he planted it in a city of traders. He took one of the seedlings of the land and put it in fertile soil. He planted it like a willow by abundant water, and it sprouted and became a low, spreading vine. Its branches turned toward him, but its roots remained under it. So it became a vine and produced branches and put out leafy buffs. But there was another great eagle with powerful wings and full plumage. The vine now sent out its roots toward him from the plot where it was planted and stretched out its branches to him for water. And our second reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown.
Thanks, Heather. Wasn't it super seeing uh, all those little saints and uh, kids' church leaders and trainees up here? It's a very exciting season. Hey, um, you might have noticed I've got a new friend up here. Do you like our tree? Can anybody tell me what type of tree it is? It's a fig tree. That's right. It is a fig tree. See, the fig tree is prominent in the Bible, isn't it? As an illustration and as a, a symbol. And indeed, very often as a moment of revelation and realization. You recall, for example, where Jesus remembers Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree. And at Fig Tree Anglican Church, by God's grace, we have in recent times survived the COVID season. The effects of COVID have been significant because when we look back at 2019 and we look at today in 2024 uh, as a fellowship, we have been somewhat reduced. But God has remained faithful to us. And we have survived that season and we trust that God will continue to revive us in his mercy and foster a season of change and growth that we might thrive under his hand as we share with one another and share with others the love of Jesus. Now life under fig tree, under the fig tree has a context. Uh, we remain brothers and sisters in Christ because the reason that we're here together is not actually anything to do with us, but the fact that God himself is gathering his family together. And so we remain God's people, prayerfully trusting God's promises in God's place. And as his church in our local community, he gives us a commission to share his love. And this commences our vision setting series for 2024. I've chosen to call it under the fig tree and it will prepare us for our annual general meeting and indeed for the year ahead as uh, I hope to steer us through the scriptures that is the very word of God and as we discern together God's plan for us to continue in faithfulness and to grow in fruitfulness and so in the weeks ahead we shall look under the following titles today we're looking at soils and then we look at roots, and then at fruits, and then at shoots. And our hope is to see how God is fostering fertile soil within which there will be deep roots, and there will be fresh fruits and new shoots. But in all of this, reading his word and understanding it, and serving him in this world, we're utterly dependent upon him, aren't we? For whatever may happen by way of planting seed and nurturing it, God is the one who gives the growth. So I'm going to lead us in prayer to our Father in heaven. I'd love for you to join me as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the richness of soils in our fig tree family. We rejoice that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to us. We acknowledge those secrets have not been given to others. And the Lord Jesus says, whoever has shall be given more and we shall have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even that will be taken away from them. Blessed are the eyes that see and the ears that hear. As Jesus said, many prophets and righteous people long to see 
but did not see, and longed to hear, but did not hear. And so we pray today in the power of your Spirit that we as your people would hear your voice today and heed it. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the big idea for today is this. God sows his kingdom seed. He does so with purpose. He does so generously. And he does so for our transformation. But by way of a bit of a calibration, both for today and for the series, we need to begin by remembering together that God has spoken. God has spoken through the fathers and the prophets and in these last days in the person of his son. How do we know this? Because the Bible tells us so. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says those very words. And in Ezekiel 17, the first reading we had, we see how God assured his people that his promise would be fulfilled both for the faithfulness of his people and for the fruitfulness of his people. His promise was that he would gather together a family that belonged to him. And his promise was both for blessing and for brokenness for his people, and that his people would be both Israel and the nations. And finally, we saw how God himself would be the one who would fulfill his promises. And so into the history of the world enters Jesus. Jesus, both God and man. God's plan in person to live in faith and obedience to those promises. And by faith in Jesus now, faith in Jesus as Lord, we respond to the message of Jesus' kingdom. But whilst we sit here with a common faith in Jesus, it's true to say that all our stories are different, isn't it? I mean, just take a little moment to look around you. Have a look. This isn't rhetoric. Have a look at the people around you. Because like, you see other people there, and, and when you see somebody you know and you know their story, you go, yeah, that's a different story to mine. And perhaps you might see somebody and go, I don't know that person's story, and my challenge to you for morning tea this morning is to go and find somebody you don't know and go, hey, tell me your story about how you met Jesus. Wouldn't that be a fine thing to do? We get to know one another a little better and hear those stories and how they're woven into the big story of Jesus. And there are many different stories and many different responses to the message of Jesus' kingdom at different times. Here in Matthew 13, Jesus shares some of those different responses that people can have to the message of his kingdom. Actually, it's not just recorded in Matthew 13. Most of us will know that there's a, a record of this same parable in Mark and in Luke, and there's a couple of little twists in those accounts. But generally, the story's the same, and it begins with a sower who is scattering seed. And so we're going to look at the sower and the seed and the different soil types and our response to this parable. So firstly, God sows with purpose. Just want you to imagine for a moment. You might have seen this. A farmer, a sower with seed. These days, of course, you've got great big machines that do the job. So we might have to imagine a little bit of a time ago, or perhaps a very small farm, 
where the farmer in the old style of things would have seed in his basket and would be scattering into a vast field. And he's sowing with purpose. This story, this parable in which the field represents God's people made for relationship with him. And the seed itself is the message of the kingdom of God, the gospel, the good news about Jesus, God's son. And I keep saying all these words, don't I? And we wonder, how do you know these things, Robin? And so we go back again to the very word of God. Because the lovely thing about this parable, and sometimes parables are a bit hard to get our heads around, aren't they? Is that Jesus explains it in full in verses 19 to 23. What a help that is to us. Jesus explains. He doesn't always do that. He says, the seed is the message of the kingdom of God. It is the good news about Jesus, who is God in the flesh, the savior of the world, the king for all eternity. And the reason here at Fig Tree Anglican Church that we go on and on about Jesus is because Jesus is a very, very big deal. So we really must listen. When Jesus speaks, and when the word of God speaks about Jesus, and he's the one telling the parable here, the story, the lesson, and he says, God is the sower, and God is sowing the seed, and he's sowing with purpose. And notice how he scatters the seed in verse three. I, any of you gardeners here? Has anybody actually tried to grow anything? Okay, I do not have green fingers, right? But my understanding is that if you want to grow something well, you kind of nurture the seed, right? I mean, most of the people I've seen when they planted things, they take a seed and they put it into a very carefully cultivated little pot or spot and pop it in and then cover it with soil and water it and look after it. And then you do that again and again and again, right? But have a look at what this sower is doing. This seed, <laughs> sower is just scattering seed recklessly, liberally, generously. It's not being careful. Every bit of soil is covered by it. And as these seeds fall, they encounter various types of soil. I find this bit a bit difficult because my mind works quite compartmentally. Maybe your mind works like that too. I always imagine the four soils in really neat quadrants. In my mind's eye, I'm going, well, there must be this soil over here. That's the, that's the good soil. And then there's the fawny soil. And then there's the, um, what's the other one? The um, rocky soil. And then here's the path. But actually, if you've ever been into a field, it's nothing like that at all, is it? Like you walk into a field via the path, and then you go, oh, there's a rocky bit. And then you go, oh, some weeds there. Oh, there's another rocky bit. Oh, there's a bit of good soil. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? It's, it's messy. The field is messy. And sometimes the seed falls on the path and sometimes on the rocky ground and sometimes on the thorns and sometimes in good soil. And so the sower, you notice, is not troubled by that variety. He's throwing seed. And he deals with the mess and the disorder and the chaos in creation. And indeed, brothers and sisters, he, he deals with the messiness of our lives. He sows with purpose and he sows generously. God's son, Jesus, sows his seed generously because the son of God has a generous heart like the heart of his father. The heart of the heavenly father desires for everyone to know the truth 
about Jesus. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells us so. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, God desires everyone to know his son Jesus. God longs for you to know Jesus as Savior. God longs for you to know Jesus as Lord. This is his first and final desire for each and every one of us. But human hearts are not always receptive, are they, to the truth revealed by God about his son Jesus? Let me ask you, who has a hardened heart? Do you know someone with a hardened heart? Firstly, we read that along the path, the seed is quickly eaten up by the birds. The person hears about Jesus as Lord, but the message of his kingdom does not take root because of a hardened heart. Actually, the evil one's involved as well. The devil takes that seed, snatches that seed away like, like the birds. And it's a reminder to us that we are in the midst of spiritual warfare, where our tools of warfare are prayer and the word of God. Hearts are hard, aren't they? They're hardened by the desire for sin and the deceitfulness of sin. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us so. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 reminds us of this. And so what is our response? Search your heart. Ask the Lord to soften hard hearts. Draw near to God, James chapter 4 verse 8, and he will draw near to you. In fact, just prior to that, it says, submit yourself, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Who has a hardened heart? Who has a shallow heart? You see, secondly, we're told on the rocky soil, the seed sprouts up at first, but it lacks depth. That person starts to follow Jesus... But then when the sun rises and that little plant appears, it begins to wither because there's no roots. The gospel is initially embraced with enthusiasm, but a person who walks a little way with Jesus begins to face trials and persecution and lacks endurance. Who has a shallow heart? Ask God to anchor you in his word, in prayer, in relationships within the church that together we might build spiritual muscle as he grows our faith. Who has a divided heart? Thirdly, we see in the thorny soil, a seed will sprout and grow until in time it becomes choked by the thorns. This is describing a heart that is preoccupied with the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth, we're told in Matthew 13, 22. A human heart that is drawn both to the temporary worldly concerns and the eternal heavenly concerns. And a heart that's living in tension such that it's constantly divided. And, and when the heart tries to release a grip on the worldly concerns and tighten the grip on the heavenly concerns, that the world brings them back and, and you see that tension lived out, don't you? I mean, we see it in one another's lives. Ask God to show you the thorns in your life. Very often good things like wealth and health and responsibility and even sometimes relationships that we might surrender them to Jesus. And finally, Jesus says, there is a fourth, and it is fertile soil. And in that fertile soil, the seed 
germinates and sprouts and grows and flourishes. And this time we have roots and shoots and fruits. And this is a heart receiving and understanding. And in the Gospel of Luke, we're told persevering in Jesus' gospel, embracing the goodness of God and his son Jesus, and being transformed by that gospel day by day, that we look like Jesus more and more day by day, keeping in step with the spirit as we read in Galatians 5, and not the flesh, and celebrating our lives together when we see the fruit of that spirit, the sower. God, by the authority of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the power of the Spirit, will continue to scatter the message of the kingdom generously and effectively, purposefully in his glory, for his glory, and we see the transforming power of the gospel, the word of God preached and shared at Fig Tree and beyond, and then hearts are changed, and we see lives that become better lives and eternally focused lives. Regardless, we're sowing for transformation. God sows for transformation. In fact, sometimes it takes time in people or a person for a heart to be ready. You may think of someone, or perhaps even you might imagine yourself for a moment and think that heart is hard. Or there's times where this heart has been shallow. Or maybe a heart is divided. Have you felt you've had times in your life where your heart has had that kind of feel to it? I mean, I have. Even 25 years ago, when God first softened my heart to repent and believe the gospel, I do have days where I feel hard-hearted. I do have days where I feel shallow-hearted, and I do have days where I have a divided heart. Do you feel that way too? You know, when we have days like that, we can be assured that God knows his people, God remembers his people, and God knows you and will remember you if you have your faith in Jesus. Remember when Jesus met Nathanael, who then followed him. Do you remember in John chapter 1, how Jesus said to Nathanael, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael looked at him and said, how do you know me? And Jesus said to Nathanael, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I saw you. I knew you. I remembered you. We don't quite know the details of what that dynamic was, but you know what the outcome was as we read on? Because Nathaniel says to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King. Do you know Jesus? He knows you. Whether hard or shallow or divided or fertile soil, he knows every single person. And he knows those who belong to him. If you've never put your faith fully in Jesus, it's time to ask him. It really is. And if you've been walking with the Lord Jesus and your heart is fertile soil, thank God. 
But you may be right now having a season in which your heart is a little hardened or shallow or divided. Brothers and sisters, we have an opportunity now and every day to surrender our hearts to Jesus who owns them. Fresh every morning. If your heart is hard, search your heart and ask God to soften your heart. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. If there is a shallowness in your heart, anchor yourself in his word and in prayer and the benefits of fellowship in church and we will build spiritual muscle together as he grows our faith. For a divided heart, ask God to show you the thorns in your life, the wealth and the health and the responsibility and the relationships and surrender them to him. And for a tender heart, that our hearts may be fertile as we keep in step with the, the, the spirit and not the flesh and celebrate that fruit in one another's lives. For a hard heart, ask God to search your heart and soften your heart. That means repentance. That means confessing to God those things that have had a grip on your heart and have taken that beautiful tender heart of flesh that he has given you and put some hardness around it that's getting in the way right now between you and him. Because when we confess our sins before God and our failings, we do so knowing his infinite love for us as his children in Christ. And so we need to confess to him that we need his love. And as we confess these things, they dissipate as we draw near to him and he draws near to us. For God is holy and sin gets in the way. But we confess our sins and through Jesus we can draw near. For the shallow hearts, the anchor is his word and prayer and church to build spiritual muscle. Uh, we've issued a devotional plan which has been available and continues to be available on the weekly updates. You can get copies as well from the office so that we can read together the Bible over three years. We've heard about life groups and the benefits of life groups. And sometimes in a bigger church family like this, it's hard to get to know everyone. But a life group is the space within which we get to gather together as well as a Sunday and spend time in God's word, but also to know one another's lives and pray for one another and care for one another and to encourage one another and spur one another on to share our faith with others, both over the fence and overseas in mission. And it's great that you're here at church. Let us continue to gather every week and not give up the habit of meeting together and all the more as we see the day approaching. That's also in the Bible, Hebrews 10. Do you have a faithful friend? Do you have a faithful friend? Somebody who knows and loves the Lord Jesus, who walks with you? Do you need a faithful friend? Can you be a faithful friend to someone who needs a faithful friend? Maybe it's the divided heart. Note the thorns in your life, the wealth and health and even relationships and surrender those to Jesus, giving thanks to God that you have a status as a wealthy, healthy, well-connected Australian. Let's face it, in the grand scheme of global relationships and benefits, we are blessed, aren't we? 
But still even those good things can become thorns and snares. And I really want to challenge you today, and this is a hard one, to begin to put down those things that are becoming thorns in your life. The blessings and the bruisings can both be thorns if they predominate over the relationship that you have with Jesus. Isn't that right? What good we do ourselves and one another and our relationship with Jesus when we surrender those things to him and even be ready to do without them. That's a hard call, isn't it? And finally, the tender heart, the fertile heart that we keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep our eyes open for the soils in one another's hearts to rejoice for the good soil but to begin to recognize the thorny soil and the rocky soil and even sometimes the really hard soil. But also, let us recognize within our fellowship the lonely soils and the grieving soils and the misfit soils and the arrogant soils and the busy soils and the distracted soils. And let us share Jesus' love with one another as we continue to walk together through the field and see others in need of the love of the Lord Jesus. Because as we pray together and as we share in word and deed the love of the Lord Jesus, he promises us that in our participation of sowing the seed, there will be a harvest of 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Can you just imagine for a moment with me, and we'll look at this in the days and weeks ahead, that that harvest may very well come to being because God has promised it. We've got quite a big room here, haven't we? I mean, it would be very inconvenient to fill it, wouldn't it? With lots of new people learning to walk with the Lord Jesus. I mean, remember what you were like in your toddler days. But let us move into the space where we might dare to pray such things that he would grow his family and build his church as we sit together under the fig tree. Let's pray together. Our gracious God, we know that you do indeed sow your kingdom seed with purpose and generosity and for our transformation. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the riches of the soils in our fig tree family and that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to us. May we continue to share those secrets in prayer and thought and word and deed, rejoicing that the Lord Jesus knows us and has loved 